I, I absolutely love what Rachel says right there at the end. of, uh, And it, it blows my mind every time I hear it. Coastal didn't just bring me back to God and trusting him. Coastal brought me back to hope. And today as we celebrate seven years as a church, the thing that our church has always been about is, is how do we bring hope to a lost and dying and hurting generation that's out there that's looking for something so much more, but is finding it in none of the places that they're looking. And uh, man, I'm so proud to call this a place where we can just come as you are. We say all the time, everyone's welcome because nobody's perfect and anything's possible. And I believe that God is not finished writing your story yet today. Like if you walked in here today, I don't care if you've been coming for, for a day or you've been coming for seven years. Like I don't believe that your story's over with. Over with. No matter what has happened in your life, no matter what uh, you might have walked in here with thinking like this, this is all that I can amount to. I, I wanna tell you that, that God's got another chapter for you. That God has got more for your life than you could ever think and more than you could ever even imagine. And I'm excited to help you uh, kind of discover that over the next couple of weeks. By the way, my name is TJ. I am one of the pastors here. Welcome. If, if you're a guest here with us today, uh, we're glad that you're with us. This is going to kind of be an odd service for you, but we're still glad you're here. Um, you ever have one of those moments? It's like kind of like a family meeting, family moment of, of your families where you call everybody around and you sit down and you're like, hey, it's family meeting time. Anybody have any idea what I'm talking about? Or did that only happen in my house? Okay, I must be special. Uh, that's what they kept telling me too. Uh, <laughs> but this is, this is kind of one of those Sundays that, that's going to be a little bit like that. But also at the same point, I think that God's going to do some things in, in people's lives. But I, the thing that has been at the very heart of our church from the very beginning. It's never been about buildings. It's never been about services. It's never been about cool songs and music, even though our worship team does a great job. Can we give it up for our worship team? Ben, they... I'm just telling you what, that immeasurably more song that they just wrote, that's going to be my jam for like the next year. Uh, it, it's going to be incredible. Uh, like I, it, we've never, as good as those things are, as good as the preaching is, I'm a little biased, but you know, it's like, just kidding. Um, it's never been about any of that stuff. It's been about one thing and one thing only. It's always been about people. It's always been about stories like Joe and Rachel's for the people that are, that are kind of on the fringes of like, man, we love God, but we don't have any idea if God would love us back. It's, it's for the people that have yet to even hear the message of Jesus Christ. Like the, that's what we've always been about as a church. In fact, we've said from the very beginning, we want to make it hard for people to go to hell by making it easy for them to go to church so they can experience, so they can know, and so they can follow Jesus. It, it, it's always been about people. That's why that word people is big there. It's, it's been about people experiencing, knowing, and following Jesus. That's, that's why everything we do is, is geared to that. Like, how do we help people experience, know, and follow Jesus? And this is what I know is that God has got so much more for all of our stories than what we're currently settling for. And I believe that God wants to do immeasurably more in our lives than what we currently have. And he wants to blow our minds. Like, he wants to, us to be over overwhelmed by what he wants to do. 
In fact, it, it reminds me of this past December. Uh, we, we had our Christmas Eve services here. We had all, both of our campuses combined, and we do Christmas Eve here, and it, it's amazing. And, and after our Christmas Eve services, we always go Christmas caroling in the bars. Anybody been Christmas caroling in the bars with us? If you raise your, raise your hand, oh, they're all in the back. Okay, backsliders, I see where you are. Uh, and we go Christmas caroling in the bars because honestly, if you're in a bar on Christmas Eve, your life probably sucks. Come on. Like, it's probably not going real well. And so we go in there and we bring the reason for the season into the bars. And so we were out, we were probably out till like 1 a.m., 2 a.m. And we had made a decision to go to Columbus uh, that Christmas. We'd never gone to Columbus. That's where my mom and my sister lived. We'd never done Christmas with them. They'd been begging us for like a couple years. Come up to Columbus, come up to Columbus. We're like, we don't like cold weather. And, uh, that's why we live in South Florida. It's always hot, uh, even in winter. Somebody said, it's winter today. And I was like, it's 90, but whatever. Uh, and so we, we do this. We're, we have a 6 a.m. flight on Christmas Day. Uh, and, and so we get home at like 2 something. We got to be at the airport at 4 or something. So we're like, oh man, we, 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 we better just stay up because Christmas Day for us is kind of like uh, we, we sleep on Christmas Day. That's what we do. We don't celebrate Christmas. We sleep uh, because we, we, we went hardcore the day before. And so I remember flying into Columbus. My mom picks us up at the airport with my stepdad and they're like, hey, what do you guys want to do today? And Shayla and I were like bloodshot eyes from being up all night, being around smoky bars and stuff and, and singing our guts out to jingle bells and, and all that fun stuff. And, and I was like, I, I just want to, can we just go to your house and crash? Like that's all I want. All I want for Christmas is to crash. And, uh, and she's like, we can do that, but we got to go to your sister's first because she, she, she wants to celebrate and she has some gifts for you. And I'm like, I love my sister, but I don't love her that much. Can we just go home? And, uh, and, and she's like, no, 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 you don't understand. You have to go to your sister's house. And I'm like, I, I, I don't. Like, we can just go to your house. It's okay. She'll understand. She's like, no, she won't. And, and she's like, Christmas is just important to her. And I was like, all right. And so we showed up to my sister's house and, uh, and, and when we get there, like, I've never done Christmas at my sister's house. I have no idea what to expect. And so I expect, you know, like, we'll give them the gift that we got for them, and they'll give us a gift that they got for us, and we'll be done, and we can go home. So this will be 10 minutes. We get there, and um, my sister is like, sit down, sit down. My niece and my nephew, they go and grab a stocking for Shayla and I each, and they bring us this stocking. And, and like, we, I start opening this stocking, and like, inside this stocking is more gifts than I've had in the last 20 years. Like, I literally am pulling out, like, gift cards and stuff, and I look at Shayla, and I, and I go, there's, like, a thousand dollars in here. She goes, me too, isn't it awesome? And uh, I'm like, yeah. And, and like, I'm feeling bad because our gift sucks now, you know? It's like, that crock pot just isn't going to go very far, and... Uh, and I'm like, man, this is incredible. Thank you so much. Her name is Dylan. I'm like, Dee, thank you so much. And she's like, oh, no, no, you're not done. And they go down their basement and they start coming up with boxes of gifts and they set them down and it, it forms like this pile, literally that it was this high. And I'm like, what's all that? She's like, those are your gifts. I was like, what, what was this? <laughs> I was like, she's like, no, 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 this, this is how we do Christmas here. And, and like, I remember being blown away. Like, I had never experienced Christmas like that. I never, I never realized what, getting in, what being like a three-year-old was. Like, I don't remember, but I got to experience it at like 37. It's incredible. I want to go back to being three. Like, the wonder of Christmas came alive. That, like, 
like it was so much more than I could have ever expected or I could have ever imagined. And this is what I know is God's desire for every single one of us is so much more than we could ever expect or we could ever even imagine. And there's a verse out of Ephesians chapter three that Shayla and I have been praying since we were 20 years old in Bible college. It was it's actually a, a section of scripture, Ephesians chapter three, verses 14 through 21. Uh, but particularly verse 20 and 21 really solidified for us, and it's a promise from God that I believe is very relevant for us today, and it, it explains the very heart and the nature of God that I think that if we grasp the heart and the nature of God, it will be a game changer for our lives, and this is what it says. It says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more excuse me, than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And, and, and as I started reading this verse, as I started praying this verse, I started to have this realization uh, of God that I think that if we can grab hold of this realization of, of God, it will change our life. And if you're taking notes today, what we need to know about God is number one, is that God is able. God is able. God is able to do so much more than what we could expect or what we could imagine, what we could ask. And I don't know about you, but I have a pretty vivid imagination. And God is like, man, I, I, like, I want to blow your mind. In fact, if you were to go back and look at the original Greek right here, you would start to see that Paul is trying to explain his phenomenal encounter with God. And, and, and I don't know about you, have you ever tried to tell a story to somebody that no matter how you tell it, you just can't do it justice. Like you just, like you're like, and it like was this and this and this. And they're like, yeah, that doesn't sound that great. And you're like, but it was awesome. And, 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 and Paul, what he's trying to do here is he's trying to explain the amazingness of God. And he goes, God, listen, God is able to do immeasurably more than all you could ask or imagine. And that word immeasurably is never used but this one time in the entire Bible. In fact, Paul actually makes up a word here, and that word actually means more. And so he's like, guys, listen, God is able to do more than more. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. Like, as much as you can think, or as much as you can imagine, Paul goes, you know what? God can do more than that, and then when you get to that point, he does even more than that. Like, his ability will blow your mind. Like, in essence, Paul is trying to explain who God is. Like, how do you explain a God that turns bad news into good news? How do you explain a God that turns nothing into something? How do you explain a God that turns a sinner into a saint? How do you explain a God that turns disappointments into divine appointments? You just can't. Like, it's impossible to explain how big and how able God is in that moment. And yet, most of us in life, we don't look at God's ability, we look at our inability and we base him on that. We're like, well, I, I don't see how I could do that, so God couldn't do that in my life. Come on now. A lot of us, we go through life and we limit God based on our current reality and God is calling all of us to attempt things in life that are so much bigger than we are that failure is an impossible is, is the only possibility for us 
Because it's in that moment of failure that God gets to step in and step out and show up and show off. And God isn't about you being glorified because of your ability. What's he about? He's about his ability being shown off. And a lot of us, we, we want to show off our ability. Well, watch me, like, look at what I did. No, 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 no. Our lives should be about, look at what God did. Like, look at what he did. Like, we didn't do it. God did that. In fact, God is, is saying this in 2 Corinthians 9, 8. God is ready to overwhelm you with more blessing than you could ever imagine. So you'll always be taken care of in every way. So you'll have more than enough to share. Why? Because he likes to show off so that you can share with other people, not about how awesome you are, but how awesome he is. Reminds me back in January, we were getting ready to go into a time of prayer and fasting. We do this every January, and uh, you know, we've, we've been searching for land and land and land forever. In fact, we got to the point where we realized uh, what we wanted and what we were, could afford were totally different. Anybody ever experienced that in their life? A couple of you guys. It's common every once in a while um and, and so like what we wanted you know was like the most incredible piece of land what we could afford was a crack house in the hood you know and uh, <laughs> land's expensive in Broward County and so uh, like I, I was like and so I started looking in the hood for a crack house I'm like somebody's gotta have something for sale and uh and they, they wouldn't sell we weren't up to their price range and so and I was, get, I was getting to this point of frustration. Man, we've been going, we've been going, we've been grinding, we've been grinding. God's been doing incredible things. He's been doing incredible stories, like the Stauffer stories. God, when is our breakthrough gonna come? When is it gonna come? And I remember in the middle of that, like just, just hearing God saying like, man, something's about to come, something's about to come. And, and I had a realtor that I was working with who, who sent me a whole bunch of listings and I saw this piece of land in Parkland that was like three million plus dollars and it was this huge piece of land. And I was like, man, I can't afford that. But maybe, maybe they would sell me like the crappy part of it like a portion of it and, and so like I called up our realtor and I was like listen I can't afford that seven acres but what I can't afford is like two of that um and, and would you call them up and ask would they be willing to split that property up because maybe just maybe they would sell that to us and we'd be able to afford that and and so he calls them up and and and, and they come back and say uh no, no, we're, we won't sell that. But what we will do is, is we heard that your church will, will reduce the price of the entire thing to like $2 million. $2 million. And I'm like, that's awesome, but that's not my budget. <laughs> Anybody else been limited by a budget before? Yeah, yeah, a couple of us. A couple of us are in Ramsey. The rest of us are in debt. Okay, it's cool. Uh, and so I remember going back and I was, I, was, I was disappointed. I was like, God, what are we going to do? And I heard God speak to me and God's like, man, you're going to buy that for like $1.2 million. And I'm like, God, you're smoking crack. That's Parkland. And I remember going to our trustees and going, man, I feel like God is telling us we're going to buy that piece of land for $1.2 million. And our trustees were like, you're smoking crack too, you know, and a lot of crack smoking going on apparently. In fact, one of our trustees texted me between services. He's like, I didn't know God smoked crack. We might want to check that out. God doesn't smoke crack, okay? Uh, he's high on life, but not... <laughs> yeah, anyways, I'm going to get off that subject now before I really dig myself into a hole. Uh, we don't smoke anything here. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> just putting that out there. Like, I know I'm going to get an email from somebody like...
So they're like, man, you're crazy. And I'm like, let's put in an offer for a million. They're like, uh, three million to a million is a big difference. Like, let's do it. And like, I, like, they're like, okay, he just, he's crazy. And uh, we go and we put in this offer. In fact, I think we have some pictures of the land and stuff so you can see it. It's right on University Drive. And, um, and, and, and here's the whole thing. We put in this offer and he's, our realtor goes, hey, listen, if they get back to you really fast, that's really bad news for you. And so we put in an offer on a Wednesday, like Thursday, they call. Uh, so, you, you know, it's bad news. And so he, he calls me up and he goes, hey, listen, they, they got back to you. And I was like, that, that's not good. And he goes, you're right, they didn't accept your offer, but they did come back and said, 1.25, uh, it's yours. And I'm like, done, God told me 1.2, you said 1.25, that's one, that's one two. And so like, I don't care if there's a five after, like that, that was like what God told me. So I like, done, I didn't even ask permission, I just signed it, I was like, let me just tell you something, church, God showed up and he showed off. He, he did immeasurably more than all I could ask or think. He did immeasurably more than all we could ask. Or think, and listen, that isn't my glory, that's God's glory. That's God showing up and showing off. And listen, God is able. And we need to understand that God is able in our life. There is no deficiency inside of his power. There might be some deficiency in our faith, but there's nothing deficient about him. He is completely efficient. It's time for us to recognize that he is looking for some people that will have faith enough to trust and believe that he is able so he can demonstrate his power through us. Amen. Woo, I'm starting to preach right now. Hallelujah. Ha! You know, I would go T.D. Jakes on you. Charismatic or something today, anyways. So not only is God able, but number two, I believe that God is willing I, I think like he, he has the ability, we've established his ability. A lot of us don't think God is willing. We look at our circumstances and say, you know what, God might be willing to do that for them, but he wouldn't do that for me. But here's what I know is that, that what loving father doesn't want to hook up his kids? What dad out there, what, let, let me put it like this, what parent out there doesn't want more for their kids and will do more for their kids and they will sacrifice immensely so they can have the best of everything, so they can have opportunities that they never had. In fact, most parents, when you talk to them, while we have child-centered parenting is because they're trying to give their kids everything they didn't get to have. And we have a God that is a spiritual parent to us, and he wants more than anything to give to us things that we've never had or imagined. In fact, there's a verse in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11, and let me say this before that. Some of you guys have had a bad father experience. Maybe your dad wasn't present. Maybe you had a dad that was abusive. Maybe you had a dad that just wasn't engaged or didn't care. And I'm so sorry. But don't let what your earthly father did or didn't do in your life like totally sway your mindset about what your heavenly father wants to do. Because your heavenly father, he's got a totally different perspective than your earthly father. And he wants good things for you. In fact, let me show you. In Matthew chapter 7, it says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? He's like, hey, listen, parents, when your kid asks for a sandwich, do you give him a rock to eat? If you do, that's jacked up. Stop it, okay? Or if he asks for a fish, will you give him a snake? 
If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your kids. In essence, he's saying, listen, if you're, even though you're jacked up and you have sin and selfishness and pride and all these things in your life, if you, even though you got all that going on, you want to hook your kids up? Like you want to take care of your kids? If you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? See, God's willing, but there's, there's a thing there that it says, to ask. A lot of us, we put limitations on God and, and limitations on his willingness, but there are no willing limitations to what God wants to do in our lives. He's just asking us to ask him. What do you want God to do in your life? How do you want God to move in your life? Have you asked God to move in your life? Now, notice I didn't say, did you go and complain to God about your situation? Because most of us, when we approach our, our heavenly father, we, we put on a complaint fest. God, my life is this and it's that. <laughs> Parents, when your kid whines, do you want to give them anything? No, you want to snatch what they have out of their hand and be like, you want something to whine about, I'll give it to you right now. No, I'm... I'm not a parent, so you can tell. Uh, <laughs> but I've watched parents do that, so I know they want to, okay? But when, you're, when your son or your daughter comes to you and goes, man, dad or mom, I, I'm like, man, I would love for this. I, I, I'd love to see this happen. I'd love to have this opportunity. Like, you'll do anything within your power to make that happen. Why? Because you're a good parent. Same thing is true with God. Here's what I've learned about God. God meets us at our level of expectation. And here's the deal. He always exceeds it, but if your expectation is here and he meets you here, he's blowing your mind. But you know what God says? He says, I don't want to just meet you at a low level of expectation. I want to do immeasurably more than you can ask or imagine. says in essence he goes back to shenanigans and he's like hey i want i want to rock your world hey like he's like like i want to do something that blows you away because here's what i know sorry i love in living color <laughs> it was this or a fly girl and it, the fly girl just didn't work out so Listen, church, I believe that God is more eager to answer than we are to ask. There's an eagerness about our God. He's ready to do something. And so we got to recognize that God is able and God is willing. But this is what I know about God. God is waiting. And the thing that God is waiting on is, is God is waiting on us. Because every great move of God requires a move by us. It requires a step of faith. God has got incredible plans. He's got an incredible purpose for your life. He's got incredible possibilities that are, are ahead of you, and God wants to do great things, but they will not happen automatically. There is a faith element to this, and you and I have got to do something in life. In fact, there's a verse out of Hosea chapter 10, verse 12, uh, that says this. It says, plow new ground for yourselves, 
plant righteousness, and reap the blessings that your devotion to me will produce. It is time for you to turn to me, the Lord, and I will come and pour out blessings upon you. Now, there's a couple words I want you to circle in this verse because I think it's really, really relevant. God wants to pour out blessings. Circle that word. Pour out blessings there right at the end. We all want God's immeasurably more. I don't think that there's a single person in here that's like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, God, I wouldn't accept that. I don't want that. I don't want you to blow my mind. I don't want you to rock my world. All of us want God's immeasurably more. All of us want his blessings in our lives. Here's the deal though. Inside of his word, the word of God, there are over 7,000 promises. These are his promises for immeasurably more in your life. The things that God wants to do, has promised to do. The problem is, is that every single one of those promises has a premise. There is an actionable item that we have got to step into for God to step out of. So when we step into that faith, God steps up and does something that will blow your mind. It takes some action in your life. In fact, within this verse, you'll see a whole bunch of verbs. Plant, turn, plow. Why are those words right there? Because they're actionable words. They're things that we have to do. And so he says, what are you planning to harvest in your life? What do you want to see God do immeasurably more in? If there's something you want to see have happen uh, in your life, what are you doing? in your life to make that happen what new ground are you plowing in your life because how many of us would like to be closer to God it's going to require something of us how many of us would like to to uh, be in better shape going to require something of us how many of us would like to have a deeper and more meaningful relationship it's going to require something of us how many of you guys would like to be debt free a year from now it's going to require something of you anytime that there is something that needs to change it's going to require something of your life if you want something different you've got to start cultivating some different habits You've got to start doing some things differently. That's why he says, plow new ground. Circle that word new. He says, don't continue to do the old things. A lot of us are going, oh man, I'm, 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 you're the living definition of insanity, doing the same things over and over again, expecting to get different results. And God's going, no, 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 don't do what you did last year. Do something new this year. Do something new in this moment. Don't settle for less. Start plowing and... Uh, striving and believing for more in your life. Step out in faith in a greater measure. He says, man, I want you to go out on a limb for me. You want to know why? Because that's where the fruit is. The fruit isn't closest to the tree. It's out on the limb. It's time for some of us to plow some new ground. And there's some results to plowing new ground. It says, plow new ground for yourselves, plant righteousness, and reap the blessings your devotion to me will produce. See, the product of your faith is God's immeasurably more in your life. God's like challenging all of us, church. He's like, I dare you to do something different this year. I dare you to do something different right now in your life. I dare you to step out and take a faith risk. I dare you to say, God, I'm going for it. This is, this is my immeasurably more moment, God, and I'm going to trust you for so much more in my life. And for us as a church, 
I, I really believe that we are at an immeasurably more moment for us as a community, as a body of believers right here at Coastal. Um, and, and this is what I, I know, is that bold steps of faith honor God, and God honors bold steps of faith. And so as a church, we believe that God is setting us up for an immeasurably more moment. And, and so today, I am proud to announce that we are beginning our uh, immeasurably more building project on that 7.29 acres of land out in Parkland, Florida, uh, that we're going to start on this project right now. And the thing about our church, like I said, it was we've never been about buildings, we've never been about sermons, we've never been about series, we've always been about people. And the reason that God has been so amazing to us as a church is because our heart has always been God's heart. How do we reach one more person? How do we reach one more person? How do we help transform somebody else's life? And we've always made people the priority over projects. We've made people the priority over everything else that we have always done. It's always been about God. How do we reach more kids for Jesus? How do we impact more singles? How do we help those singles find a spouse? How do we help families grow in their relationship with God? How do we help them experience and encounter the power and the presence of Jesus Christ? And we have been given the most uh, amazing opportunity in fact, there's an old revivalist named Leonard Ravenhill that, that used to say this all the time. He says, the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized within the lifetime of that opportunity. It's one of my favorite quotes. And I believe that, church, we're at the opportunity of a lifetime, and we've got to seize the opportunity that's before us because God has strategically positioned us right in the heart of the fastest-growing part of Broward County, right on University Parkway in Parkland, Florida. And he set us up in a community that right now has zero evangelical Christian churches. Do you realize that the entire community of Parkland has no Christian church? In fact, in the next five years, if you go hang out in the city, they'll tell you that there's going to be 5,000 new homes built within the next five years in the wedge out there. Mostly of young families. The statistics in our community are still baffling. 97.3% of our community in all of Broward County is lost and dying and going to hell. So when you're standing in line at Walmart, you count those 100 people in front of you in that one register that's open. <laughs> you need to start evangelizing because the majority of them are dying and going to hell. That's our reality. And God has put us right in the middle of it. to seize a God-divine opportunity to reach more families, to reach more singles, to reach more uh, kids with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I really believe that God is in the business of strategically positioning us in the right place at the right time, but it is up to us to seize that opportunity. And he has positioned us to take advantage of it. And so today, uh, I'm excited to announce that we are, we are starting on this 16,445 square foot facility. In fact, I think we have a picture of it behind me. Uh, this is an artist's rendering uh, of what our future facility out in Parkland for this campus will be. We'll continue to do our Pompano Beach campus. Uh, this campus will eventually move out there in 2018. That's our expected kind of move in time is, is, is sometime in 2018. 
And in this space is going to be some incredible, incredible places. We're going to have a 350-seat auditorium for worship for our adults so we can come in. We can have worship. We can do creativity. You, you, most of you never realize this, but there are people that show up here every single week at 5.30 a.m. to make this school into a church. The reason you're here is because they have sacrificed for years and years and years to create a space where you can experience the power and the presence of God and you can have God transform your life. And you know what? We don't want uh, uh, the limitations of this school to be our limitations of reaching people. And so we realize that a building is just a tool, but that is a tool that will reach other people. And we want to be creative and we want to do events and different things as an entire church community that we can't do right now. And so this is our opportunity to build a space for us as adults. But what I'm more excited about is look at all that kid space, like preschool rooms, first grade, second grade, third and fourth, worship for youth, toddlers, all these different rooms for kids. You want to know why? Because we have always been about the next generation. We've never said that they're the generation of tomorrow because we believe that they're the generation of today. And they are not going to make a difference in the future. They're making a difference right now. And we have always invested in them. We've always believed in them. And that's why the majority of our building is for them. Because we believe in them. And we're, we're putting our money where our mouth is, is that, man, we want to reach the next generation with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we'll do everything within our power to create environments where they can come in at their age-appropriate level and experience God at their state. Because I don't know if you know this or not, but the most strategic age for people to make a decision for Jesus Christ is between the ages of 9 and 12. There's organizations that have built their entire ministries off of that statistic right there. You know what? We're going to set it up so that you bring your kids to church. They're going to leave with with God in their life. And they're going to know that God loves them, God cares for them, and God will never leave them or forsake them. And he will be with them for the rest of their lives. See, this is the thing I'm passionate about. See, I don't have kids. I can't have kids. But you know what? I want to make sure your kids, your kids know what I would teach my kids. Because kids matter to me. I, I want your kids to be my kids. And so I want them to have every opportunity that I would give to my kids. And I'm going to make sure that that's a priority for us as a church. And finally, man, we're going to have some incredible community space because we've said that we don't do life alone. And so there's going to be a big, huge foyer space in that lobby right there, coffee bar right there where it says future edition because we got plans for the future too. We know we're going to outgrow it. Right out there on that first phase is actually going to be this huge, like, kind of central park area where we can do uh, water baptisms, we can have outdoor concerts, we can do all kinds of fun hangout things that we can't currently do because we're kind of trying to usher you out of a school that that we've got to turn back into a school. It'll be our opportunity to do life together, and it's going to be absolutely incredible as people come in and experience Jesus. And so I know the big question is, is like, teacher, that's awesome, but what's this going to cost? This is going to cost $3.2 million. How many of y'all know that's a lot of money? Okay, some of you don't. Good. You, uh, million is spelled M-I-L-L-I-O-N. Okay. But here is the amazing news, is we have every dime of that $3.2 million. Yeah, come on. Here's the problem. It's still in your pockets. Oh, that one's not as exciting. 
true, true. Here, here's the bottom line. We're, we're, we're believing God. In order to move into this building in, in 2018, we're going to need to raise 1.2 million of that 3.2 million. And, uh, and so that is what we're going to do over the next 12 to 18 months as a church community. Is we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna trust God. We're going to step out in faith. And this is what I know. Is any time God wants to do the impossible, he calls us to do the impractical. And it sounds really impractical, impractical that we'd give and we'd do all this, but you know what? God wants to use us. He's waiting on us to do the immeasurably more. Not just in our lives, but in other people's lives. And so, a little, digging down a little bit more than that, what we're going to do is we're going to do some strategic offerings throughout the next 12 to 18 months, with the first one starting in a couple weeks from now. And this is what we're believing by the end of this year, because out of that 1.2 million, we need to raise about half a million of that before the end of this year. A lot of the upfront stuff of, of construction documents, site development, all the stuff that nobody ever sees any of costs the most amount of money. And so in order for us to move forward, we're going to be, we're going to be asking you to, to pray. In fact, that's really what we want you to do right now. That What we want you to do walking away from today as a church community is we want you to pray. We want you, number one, to pray for faith because it's going to take a lot of faith to step into something like this. And so I know that if we pray and we ask God to give us faith, you know what he'll do? He'll give us faith. He'll give us faith to trust in what he says. We sang an entire song about it. In fact, a lot of you, I saw your hands lifted high. Let's not just lift our hands high to God in a song. Let's lift our lives high in, in living that out. Then I'm going to ask you to pray for a miracle. Because it's going to take a miracle to do this. It's going to take a lot of miracles in all of us, sacrificing and doing those things. In fact, uh, when you leave today, you're going to get uh, a couple things. One of the things is going to be a card like this kind of shows the front of the building and the floor plan. And I want you to take this and I want you to put it on your refrigerator. I want you to put it on your mirror in your bathroom. I want you to put it on the dashboard of your car, not in front of the speeding sign or the, the, that gauge, maybe in front of the, the, your gas gauge or something. Uh, and every time you look at it, pray and go, God, how many believe for immeasurably more? Help me to believe for immeasurably more, not just for my own life, but in my church community's life as well. And you're also going to get a little thing like this that's going to give you all the details of, of this project and some frequently asked questions. I know you're going to have questions. There's also a website called immeasurablymore.tv that you can go to that we'll be updating and, and, and answering questions and different things on. But here's what I'm going to ask that you pray for. Do you pray and you ask God, God, how would you want me to be a part? What is the role that you want me to play in this? And we've said all along, we've never asked anybody to give. We've asked you to ask God and be responsive to whatever he says. And so if God tells you to write a check for $3.2 million, you write a check, make sure you have the money in the bank. Uh, just wanted to find that. Uh, if he tells you to give nothing, you know what I want you to do? I want you to give nothing. But here's what I know is that Jesus died for one thing, and that's his church. And he says, I'm going to build my church. And you know who he uses to build his church? And you know what he loves more than anything is his church? I'm going to guess that he's going to want you to help build his church. And here's what I know. Two most important things you can invest in in life is, number one, your family. It's not a better investment than you can make into your, your relationship with your spouse, 
investing in your kids, raising them in a manner that they'll grow up in the attributes and the things of God. It's probably the single greatest investment you can make. The second greatest investment you can make is in God's church. Because here's the deal. Long after you're gone, there's going to be another family. There's going to be another person that walks into that building, which is just a tool. But what's inside that building is the power and presence of God, and it's going to change people's lives. And it's going to change generations to come. So it isn't just impacting you. When you're a part of his church, you're impacting generations to come. And most people never walk into a church and go, oh, I wonder who gave to this. I wonder who, who designed all They don't ever ask that question, but somebody did ask that question. Somebody did think through that. Somebody did give to that. And you're being impacted because of them. Costa, let's be a church that impacts for generations to come. Let's pray. God, we thank you that, that you are a God that, that wants to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine that you want to absolutely blow our minds here. And I believe that, God, we're in a measurably more moment as a church where you want to take our faith to another level. You want us to step into some things that we've never stepped out into, and I know that that's scary and that's difficult, but God, I pray that you would give us the faith to do that. That we would trust and believe that when you said that you're able and that you're willing, God, that we would be active enough in our faith to trust you in that and step out and watch you come and blow our minds. Not just so that you can blow our minds, but God, so that you can impact generations to come. God, I thank you that what you're doing here isn't just for each and every one of us, but it's for so many more. God, and I pray that you would move and shape us all. In Jesus' name, amen.